Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. You can listen to my in-depth conversations with notable past and present players like Tony Gonzalez. When I play catch with my son, I get joy when the ball hits my hands and I tuck it away. Travis Kelsey. I appreciate you doing this, man. Getting everybody a little educated on the tight end world, man. It's a tight-knit family, baby. George Kittle. Tight ends love each other. We have each other's back, and we all experience the same stuff. And many others. Check out TE1, a new podcast from Blue Wire on Stitcher. Subscribe to TE1 today. Hello, everyone. How you doing? And welcome to my new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Midas. Who is Abner Midas, you might ask? Well, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I am an ex-four-time three-division world champion boxer, I'm an ex-2004 Athens, Greece Olympian who represented my country, Mexico. I am now a commentator for Showtime. I also do it in Telemundo in Spanish. Soy bilingüe. I speak both Spanish and English. I am a Mexican born Guadalajara, Jalisco, and now proud U.S. citizen just uh, two months ago. So, yay. (laughs) I am a U.S. citizen now. I am, um, I am more, more than anything, and, and importantly, I am a father and I am a husband. So um, I am a proud Latino who immigrated to this beautiful country for a better opportunity in life. And I got just that, took advantage of that. I've fought my whole life, not just inside the ring, but outside. I am a one of 11 brothers. My mom and dad, thank God, we I still have them with me. Um, like I mentioned, a commentator now doing this uh, podcast where, you know, I feel that I could talk about anything and, and everything, things that we can all relate to, Latinos, non-Latinos, life, just everything in general, um, boxing, obviously, my bread and butter, <laughs> and I'm still an active fighter. I'm still fighting. Um, I recently went through a surgery. As we know, this this is the hurt business, and I I got uh, I got injured, and while the fight I got uh, what you call a detached retina, which is uh, basically you know I got punched in the eye, and um, I got uh, my retina almost torn. Most cases that means retirement, that means that I'm done. Uh, my doctor's giving me the okay to continue, which I am going to take because I don't want to regret not fighting, you know, later on in the future and, and be one of those old guys sitting and watching the boxing match and be like, oh man, I could have been there, but, you know, so I have the opportunity, I got the chance, so I'm going to take it. One or two more fights, but let me backtrack to how I started and how I got here. So, like I mentioned, I was born in Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico. Proudly, and um, met my wife at the age of 18. Um, 
I've lived on my own, lived in my own for many years. I lived on my own since when I was 15. I went to live uh, by myself uh, for, you know, certain reasons that I will tell later on in, in this podcast. And through that life, through those moments, uh, those years, uh, I was training. I was in the Olympic team. I met my beautiful wife while she was in the Olympic team, not as a fighter, but as a secretary. <laughs> so I stole the secretary. And, um, you know, I just found the right moment. Been married 15 years. Have two beautiful daughters, uh, one of age of 14. The second one, she is nine years old. Emily and Amber, who are my life and who I basically fight for. Uh, you know, they're my everything. Um, you know, a young Latino, a young Latino that came with a lot in mind. I wanted to accomplish a lot of things, not only to be an example for my kids, but to be an example for a community, for a world, you know, everyone out there that, you know, anything is possible. I know you guys hear that a lot, but it's true. You know, I take it from a man that has, has been through a lot in life. Have been knocked down, not only in boxing, because I have been knocked down and out, but in life. And I keep going. I keep moving. I don't stop. I don't take no for an answer. I keep reinventing myself, keep learning new things, and and, and keep, uh, you know, an open mind for new things. Uh, this new podcast, I think, will be a great thing for myself, for, for all, of, all of us. Because, you know, we're going to be talking a lot about everything, life, about boxing, about culture, about, you know, community, uh, music, you know, anything that really you can think of. So that is a little bit about Abnormatis. Get to know me a little bit more. Get to know this podcast a little bit more. On the hook with Abnormatis, this new podcast that uh, really is um, it's going to be different from any other podcast. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Gold. Messi takes everybody off. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. It should be 2 0 and is. What a World Cup for Megan Rapino! Golden Gold, soccer stars and the moments that made them on Blue Wire. Rhodes here, so excited to tell you about my new podcast with Blue Wire, the NFL Roadshow. If you love the NFL, this is the show for you. We've got your breaking news, all the week's biggest storylines, plus a complete breakdown of what they might mean for your fantasy team. I'll also be speaking to some incredible football minds, like Trey Wingo. Wins are not a quarterback stat. I will die on that hill. John Hansen. I'm still an Edwards Alaire believer. And a whole lot more. Subscribe to the NFL Roadshow today, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys. So moving forward, I want to talk about a fight that happened a couple of weeks ago. A fight that was, uh, I guess, I want to say the toughest fights in both of their careers, prospective careers. And I'm talking about Jermel and Jamal Charlo, both headlining their first pay-per-view fight ever. And a fight where, you know, going into this fight... A lot of people had doubts, questions about whether they were pay-per-view ready, 
or material yet. And I think we got to witness just that. I mean, they're both flamboyant. They're both outgoing. Uh, a lot of energy outside. A lot of talking. Uh, controversial. You know, these guys are the full package, I want to say, because outside of the ring, what you see in the outside is what you get in the inside. Explosiveness. Um, just overall, just great. And both fighters got to showcase that. We're going to start off with Jermaine Charlo, who went ahead and fought his toughest fight till date, which was against the Ukraine fighter, Sergei Durovinchenko, a fighter that's been tested, a fighter that going into that fight, people had it 50-50 because, because that, because the guy was going to bring it. And it was tough fight for Jermaine Charlo, a fighter that had faced the likes of Triple G, and Daniel Jacobs in both fights were where he lost. You know, they, they gave the decision to to both other fighters. But Sergei Derevinchenko, honestly, I, I, I watched both of those fights. I think he deserved both those wins. So <laughs> being realistic and being being truly honest, I think Jermaine Charlo went in against a uh, undefeated uncrowned champion that night, <laughs> to say the least. But this guy just made it. Looked that much easier than than Triple G and Daniel Jacobs. He fought him. He fought a Sergey Derevchenko. So smart, moved around the ring. But at the end of the day, Sergey is a you know he's a hard he's a hard guy. A lot of heart, a lot of power, a lot of willingness. You know, just to come head to head against Jamal Charlo. Took him to twelve rounds. But at the end of the day, Jamal Charlo did enough and did just what a lot of people thought he he, he might. Might because again it was a fifty fifty fight. A lot of people thought he was gonna get tested and chin check, you know, see how his chin is, his heart, because this guy brought it. But at the end of the day, once again, Jamar Charla with the victory. And moving forward to the main event of the second headliner was Jermal Charlo who faced Jason Rosario from the Dominican Republic. Jason Rosario coming off is impressive. Upset win against uh, J-Rock, a fight where he captured two titles, the IBF and the WBA title. So going into this fight against Jermau Charlo, again, a 50-50 fight. People thought that, I mean, he was coming from, you know, beating beating J-Rock. So a lot of people thought he could upset, again, a a fighter and Jermau Charlo. And, man, it was... was Jermel's most impressive victory and the way he did it <laughs> until this day has people thinking oh my and I, I gotta say because it is what it is a lot of people are saying like did Rosario take a dive how can someone go down with a jab I mean that's really rare to see in boxing someone getting jabbed to the face normally is a settle punch you know you throw the jab you set up the next punch and a future combination but Jermel was able to knock out Jason Rosario with a jab to the body. Took him down. Not only took him down, had him convulse. He was convulsing, man. The guy was this seemed like he was having a seizure. And that's that's how powerful that jab was to the to the body, to the chest. Took him down, knocked out Jason Rosario. So at the end of the day, both fighters looking extremely, extremely great. Uh I wanna use the word extreme and impressive and just excellent 
They were both as equally excellent in their first pay-per-view fight, passing it with flying colors. So I cannot wait to see Jermel and Jamal Charlo fight again. They are the truth. They are the future. And um, I cannot wait for either fighter to fight again. Uh, so moving forward to a fight that is, uh, you know, it's down the street as, as well. Uh, we're talking about Tank Davis against uh, Leo Santa Cruz. That fight, I'm looking forward to it because that's my weight class. And you might think that I might be done, but Habner Modis is not done. I will be making a comeback and those two guys might be my next opponent. So Tank Davis and Leo Santa Cruz. All right, so... Let's get into it. Tank Davis, I think, has the the upper hand in this one because he is the the hard hitting. He is explosive. He is fast, young, younger. Um, Leo Santa Cruz, he's just got the volume punching. He is a guy that is um, he's got a great chin. He's gonna move forward. He's gonna give you a tough fight. But at the end of the day, I think that. Tank Davis is just going to outbox. That's just being me being real. And and I don't want to start hearing people saying, ah, you bitter. You're just saying that because you lost two times against Leo Santa Cruz. Nah, man, I'm just telling you exactly how I see the fight. All right. So here's the other thing. Since Tank Davis is moving down to 130, which is the featherweight division, since he's moving down to that weight, hey, I, I give... I give... Uh, Leo Santa Cruz uh, a chance there because you're having a Tank Davis that had problems at 130 who had problems at 135 making weight and then you bring him back down to 130 a guy's gonna dehydrate the guy's gonna you know have a lot of trouble problems making weight so if that's the case alright he's gonna be a little bit dehydrated take advantage of that again since Leo Santa Cruz is a fighter that throws a lot will will tire you out and that's where Leo Santa Cruz has the upper hand. He, he has the chance of pressuring, tiring a Tank Davis, take him into deep waters in the last rounds, and possibly getting a close decision again. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think that Tank Davis is just too fast, too quick, too young, too powerful for Leo Santa Cruz. But again, in boxing, you just never know what can happen. That's what I love about boxing. And another fight that I'm looking forward to that's going to happen before that Tank Davis and Leo Santa Cruz is Lomachenko against Teofimo Lopez. Teo Lopez, young fighter that a lot of people think, and I know, (laughs) I saw him come from the Olympics up to the pro ranks as a champion, and now being a champion and fighting the best in the one of the best of the world you know next to Canelo I want to say that Klomachenko is up there um man it's a tough fight and this one I gotta have it 50-50 Lomachenko just he never never stops impressing me the guy just he brings it every fight the matrix they call him right the guy moves in so many angles fights off so many angles um great boxing abilities um just overall just great fighter Lomachenko, a great athlete, uh, so we could expect the best from him against Teofimo Lopez. Uh, but in this fight, I want to pick um, Teofimo Lopez. I just feel like he's stronger in that weight class. He's bigger. If you talk about 
the recent fighters that Lomachenko fought. Let's talk about Linares, a fighter that he beat at the 140 division. But he was, I think it was 140, 135, 140. But I want to say, listen, he got knocked down by, by Linares. And Linares is not the most powerful fighter. And Teofimo Lopez is. Teofimo Lopez carries power in both punches, both hands. And not just that, he's young, he could box, he could brawl. I mean, this guy, this guy, Teofimo Lopez, he's got it all. So if he can pull off a victory, a win against a Lomachenko, I think that we're looking at the next superstar in the making next to Canelo Alvarez and Lomachenko, Hispanic, uh, young, athletic, a guy that really just, you know, he's he's everything that everybody's talking about. You know, he, he is really dedicated to sport, dedicated to his craft, and never seems to upset. Always, always in, in top shape. So I'm looking forward to those fights uh, that are coming up. Cannot wait. So there you have it. You were on the hook with Abnormatis. Thank you for listening to On The Hook with Abnormatis. And remember, tell all your friends about the new podcast and to subscribe from wherever they are listening from so they won't miss this or any of the episodes. Follow me on all platforms at Abnormatis. Until next time. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. You can listen to my in-depth conversations with notable past and present players like Tony Gonzalez. When I play catch with my son, I get joy when the ball hits my hands and I tuck it away. Travis Kelsey. I appreciate you doing this, man. Getting everybody a little educated on the tight end world, man. It's a tight-knit family, baby. George Kittle. Tight ends love each other. We have each other's back, and we all experience the same stuff. And many others. Check out TE1, a new podcast from Blue Wire on Stitcher. Subscribe to TE1 today.